Well, I love you guys, and how are y'all now? Everybody good now? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I've got something that's on my heart, and I'm just—I just pray this morning that it that it comes in a way that hopefully it's received and. Um, Last time I was up here, I was, I was talking about being on these spiritual highs and being addicted to, to movements and things, and I was talking about obedience, and God's really been stirring in me about submission, but something I wanted to start off with here was God just really... You're going to be like, yeah, I know that when we hear this. But I really, really feel like we need to hear this. Is we need family. I need you. We need each other. We, we need family. And we need family to be in order. We need, but we need each other. Something God would just show me this week. And um, he just gave me this different way of looking at something here. Was that. We live in a culture that has been built out of many broken homes. It's not every does not every scenario, but most scenarios these days is broken marriages, um, children growing up feeling orphaned, feeling like they're not heard, feeling rejection, feeling all these things, and so when that begins to happen. <clears throat> This child begins to have this place that he wants to hold his ground and he feels like he can't trust anybody, so he's got he's to isolate himself. Does anybody hear me? Make sense? And so when that happens, the enemy comes in and he starts teaching these young people that you can't trust anybody, so when you get hurt, you've got to isolate yourself and protect yourself. And it's the complete opposite of what the father intends. He intends family. Well, that all sounds neat and good when everything's going good. But when we're going through, and it's kind of what I feel like Chad was, I don't know, when he was saying this about exposure earlier, when things are being shown to us and exposed in us, um, we don't naturally want to just cling to family, do we? We naturally want to to kind of, well, I need to be by myself. Has anybody ever said that in here? I just need to go, I need to go clear my head. I need to give the Lord time to talk to me. Has anybody said that? Anybody heard that? That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, um, pretty good scenario that we're running, right? And I know in my life when that's happened, it's not a very good uh, solution. And so the Lord's just really just been showing me some things. Um, how our culture is being raised in a way. And it's been the, the fundamentals of, of, our, of us up to this point. And a lot of people, and it's not, it's not everybody, but a lot of people. The fundamentals is not... 
love, peace, bearing another's burdens. It's not all those things. It's, it's, um, it's protect myself. And, and we want to think, no, I'm not, I don't do that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good. But what do you do when, when life gets tough and something slaps you right between the eyes that you weren't expecting? Do you embrace others or do you, do you think, man, I just, I just need some air. And so I'll tell you me, like I naturally want to just get by myself, you know, I'm going to go ride a horse and get in the middle of nowhere and, and figure this out. And I don't know about you guys, but when I get by myself, then my mind starts running off, going the wrong direction. Anybody have, has nobody ever that trouble before? Let their mind take them in a bad place. So all of a sudden we're allowing the enemy to take us the wrong direction. And so we already know right there our fundamentals are out of place. So God's intentions is family as we need each other. We want to hear the Lord for ourselves, correct? But how important is it that God speaks? Chad's told us this a lot. How much important is God speak through another man? God's God's voice sometimes to us is through our family. So I've been reading this Smith Wigglesworth's book, and this this story just really touched me. It was it was him and his wife were had this um, this hospital of people, and they were taking them to this place where they were hearing about healings. Smith had never healed anybody. He was really young. He stuttered. He had these he had these. You know, couldn't read, all these things. So, but he would take these people and they would go get healed for a certain amount of time. Well, this one time, this man told him, he said, hey, I won't be here next week. So I need you to cover the service. And he's like, "Ah, I can't, you know. And uh, he's like, pretty much you got to because this is what the Lord's told me is gonna, you're, you're the one supposed to do it. So he comes back the next Sunday hoping he's finding someone else to take his place. <laughs> there ain't no duck showing up. So he's, he's the main duck, you know. And so he obeys, and he doesn't remember this, the sermon he preached, but he remembers there's 12 people that came down. And he prayed, and every one of those per- people got saved or got, <clears throat> got healed. In that, he was talking about he believed God had compassion on his heart because he didn't know what he's doing. He was scared to death. But he did what? He obeyed. Did he obey God? He, he didn't hear this. He didn't hear the Holy Spirit tell him this. He was obeyed and he submitted to the man God had placed in his life. And he was obedient to what he said. Two things. What if that man would have never done that? And what if Smith Wigglesworth would have never submitted? There's a lot of lives at stake, right? A lot of things that were in the weighing balance of, of two people submitting to the Father and to submitting to the authority God placed on this earth through Christ. And so I don't know about y'all, but that really touched me. It's 
We're a lot of times, and we want to hear the Lord, yes, but there's things God's placed. There's, there's, there's order in what God's done, and there's safety, and there's rest. So it's like this. We want our children to obey us. Does anybody here want them to disobey? <laughs> we want them to obey us, but we want them to feel safe, right? We want them to trust us. We want them to feel safe in, in our home. But my kids, Jesse, Gideon, and Jensen, what if I tell them, you got to hear the Lord. Good luck. Hope it goes well for you. <laughs> yeah, we're laughing. How many times do we do that? Man, I arrived. I know. I, I hear the Holy Spirit, you know. I got this. And if somebody comes and says, hey, that's prayed over you and is bearing with you and living life with you and crying for you and literally sacrificing and dying for you because there's times we don't see when others are dying and giving themselves for us. But in, in that moment when they say, hey, I just see something right here. Do we embrace that or do we go? I don't know. I don't know if I hear that. Anybody in here done that? I don't know if I, I don't know if the Holy Spirit showed me that yet. What if Smith Wigglesworth would have said that? What if he just said, I'm not really hearing that. When all actuality he knew, he was listening to fear, insecurity, unworthiness. He was listening to all these. He could have, I'm saying he could have listened to all these lies the enemy wanted to bring to him. I can't read. I can't talk. I can't do this. His wife was ministering at the time. He, what if he could have said, oh, I think it's her. I think you made a mistake. I think it's my wife. I know that that's a temptation and it, it can happen. But who in here wants to be everything God has called us to be? The utmost. There's, there's things that calls for us, and I really believe that there's, there's obedience and submission that he, he desires for us to walk into. And if y'all don't mind, I want to read out of John 8, 28. says, you will know me as I am after you have lifted me up from the earth as the son of man. Then you will realize that I do nothing on my own initiative, but only speak the truth that the Father has revealed to me. I am his messenger, and he is always with me. For I only do that which delights his heart. These words cause many respected Jews to believe in him. I want to come to that place in my life where I only do what delights his heart. There's, there's many things that seem right to man. There's many things that are going to seem right. And when we aren't 
You know, something that this this book has really just just gripped me is he was talking, Wigglesworth was talking about when he hears the voice of the Lord to be, to come away and to be with him, to honor that and, 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 and be with the Father. How many times I've been in my work environment or my life and I've, I feel this, and it's real small, you know. Come spend time with me. And I feel like I got to get something, I got to do something else. When all I got to do, it was so neat a while back, I I was feeling this, I I was working, I was out there in the pasture, and I just stopped. And I just started saying, thank you, Jesus. Like, it was no big prayer. Let's just, I lifted my hands and said, thank you, Jesus. And I felt the Holy Spirit just hit me. And his presence just was there. That's all he's asking for is to be with us. And the obedience. But the submission that it takes. But if I want my children, if I want my home to live in such a way. But I want I want it on my end. I want to take it different. I want to go well. That doesn't really apply to me, you know. I got to hear the Lord on these things. Has anybody in here felt like that before? So why should we ask something out of our children and our wives and our families that we aren't willing as men to walk ourselves? I just want to read this story out of Matthew 8. Four through ten, and it's this is just the story about the centurion, and I just this really meant a lot to me. Let's start with verse five. It says, "When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the in the Roman army approached him, asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have I have a son who is lying in my home, paralyzed and suffering terribly.' Jesus responded, "I will go with you and heal him." But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority, for I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go, another to come and he'll come. I order my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here And command healing over my son. And he will be instantly healed. Jesus was astonished when he'd heard this. And said to those who were following him. He has greater faith than anyone I've encountered in Israel. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Multitudes of non-Jewish people will stream from the east and from the west. To enter into the banqueting feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the heavenly kingdom. Many Israelites born to be heirs of the kingdom will be turned away and banished into darkness. Will there be bitter weeping and unbearable anguish? Then Jesus turned to the Roman officer and said, Go home. All that you have believed for will be done for you. And his son will be healed. And his son was healed at that very moment. You know, through the obedience and the submission, I just love this story. It doesn't seem like some big 
thing on his part. But he understood order. He understood placement. He understood if I just believe. And Jesus honored his belief. And I want to walk that in my life. And I want to encourage all of us to, to walk in such a way that, you know, whatever we're doing, we're, we're breeding. You know, the, the disciples we're leading. And so for me to tell somebody, you need to submit to authority, but I don't. There's not very much life in that. And they're going to begin to watch me and go, they're not going to want to, there's no weight in it. <clears throat> and so not just me, but all of us have this responsibility in here. All of us have this responsibility to, to make disciples. And he's called us to go out <clears throat> and replicate and multiply, correct? And there's, there's process, there's seasons for us to walk through and learn and be nurtured. And, but then there's a process, a season where we need to start going out and making disciples ourselves. And it's so neat how God establishes things because it's like in my position at my work, I work for somebody and then I have people that help me. And so I'm constantly submitting, right? But also having to relay a message. But I'm still submitting to authority. I'm still honoring. I'm still doing whatever the, the, the owner wants to get done. I want to do it at the best I can. I want to honor his request. I don't, I don't want to hear him tell me something and think, well, I'm just going to do it. I'll do it, but I'll do it my way. That makes sense? So when God establishes things in the kingdom and we have leaders and fathers that are hearing something for us, it's just really important that we pay attention and that we submit and we embrace these things he's called us to walk in. And it's just, it's, just, it's just critical that whatever we do and with the walk, the paths we walk, is it's going, to, it's going to follow us. And we have a choice to make. Uh, I watched this movie with the kids the other day, and this guy had his, his little brother, and he was in a lot of trouble, and he was, he was being real disrespectful, and they were driving down the road, and he got out of the vehicle, and he told him, he goes, he goes, you choose right now. You go north with me or south to your old life. And he stood there and he, he got quiet. And he says, you make the choice. And the little boys, he mumbled real quick, oh, north, you know. <laughs> and he's like, speak up. And he said, north. Well, there's sometimes in our lives, we fight that process. We're like, north, man, I got to go through that, you know. I got to embrace my exposure, as he was talking this morning. I got to embrace that. Ah, and the Lord's like, no, I want to hear, what do you choose this day? And I want to boldly in me. It's not, we don't always feel these emotions. How many people in here at times, you've looked for an emotion to make you feel good enough to make the right decision? 
we don't live by our emotions. We live by a choice. What if Jesus lived by his emotions? Where would we all be? And he's our standard. So we, I have no excuses in my life. And we have no excuses, anybody in here. We're, we get to choose life or death. He says, I prefer that you choose life. In other words, he's given us the answers to the test. What are we going to choose? And so in my choices, it's going to affect my wife and my children, my home life, and it's going to affect people around me. This is the thing. When I, when I choose to not have the right answer, when I choose not to do the right thing, I don't walk in condemnation. I quickly repent. And I see myself as who Christ sees me, that I'm a forgiven son, and the enemy's not going to hold me back in yesterday because that one thing doesn't define me. What defines me is the blood of Jesus. My identity lies in him, and I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to choose to walk forward, and I'm going to choose to submit, and I'm going to choose to be obedient to what he's called me to do. I want to read Luke 22 here real quick. Twenty-two thirty-nine. It says Jesus left the upper room with his disciples and was, as was his habit, went to the Mount of Olives, his place of secret prayer. There he told the apostles, "Keep praying for strength to be spared from the severe test of your faith that is about to come." Then he withdrew from them a short distance to be alone. Kneeling down, he prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup of agony away from me. But no matter what, your will must be mine. Jesus called for an angel of glory to strengthen him, and the, and the angel appeared. He prayed even more passionately, like, like one being sacrificed. Until he was in such intense agony of spirit that his sweat became drops of blood dripping onto the ground. When Jesus finished praying, he got up and went to his disciples and found them all asleep, for they were exhausted and overwhelmed with sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. You need to be alert and pray for the strength to endure the great temptation. Man, I just was reading this, and Chad had touched on this passage, I believe, the last discipleship class about where Jesus was at, about not wanting to be alone. And that really just touched my heart when he shared that um, a couple Sundays ago. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> we, Gideon had gotten these two sheep 
and his dog ended up hurting one of them pretty bad. Man, I went out there and I wrapped that thing and I, I laid, you know, got down with it and I doctored it. And I'm like, man, I want you to live, you know. And I put everything, I did everything I could do. I did everything I knew to do. And it literally just laid there. Like, it was not, it literally took this death. And a few hours later, this sheep died. And I, and I just was thinking about this, relating to Jesus, that he literally endured for us. And what he endured, he didn't fight. He gave himself for us. When I would be fighting... I would be fighting for something. But his fight was laying himself down. His fight was for you and me. And now he's victorious. But am I willing to be that sheep? Am I willing to lay down and let people cut me, devour me, chew me up for the benefit of my brothers? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to be like Christ? Are we willing to have him as a standard? Are we, are we placing ourselves as a standard and going, well, I did that a little bit better than I did before. I didn't get angry. I didn't cuss. I didn't do this. I didn't react. I didn't do this. But I, or did I respond like Jesus? When Jesus is the standard, where am I supposed, where's my goal supposed to be? It's supposed to be him. And I want to know him so deeply and intimately that I'm willing to lay myself at the mercy of someone else feeling like they're winning this battle. Because you know the enemy in that moment thought, well, I got him didn't he? But how do you think it looked when Jesus walked into Hades and he took the keys and the lion of Judah rose up and he said, I've conquered you forever. He wasn't the lamb anymore. That's the awesome king I serve. But not just that. I want to be able and I want to be willing to do the same. Not for me, for you guys. I've had it wrong my whole life. I was doing stuff for myself. Never was satisfied, never was happy, never did good enough. It never, never was enough. Why? Because I wasn't meant to do anything for me. I'm supposed to die. I'm supposed to bring y'all life. So let's have a mindset this morning. Let's have a mindset in our, in our life, in our week. Let's have a mindset of who he's called us to be. Let's have a mindset of when we have a family that says, hey, I see that this is happening, but I don't really, I don't have peace with that. I think you're seeing it a little wrong. Let's not be offended. 
let's embrace it and go, Lord Jesus, help me see where I'm missing it. Embrace the correction. Embrace, because what is correction? It's safety. You know, when I, when I correct my child, it should never be out of anger. It should not be against them. It should be for them. Correct? And so God loves us so much. He's, he's, he doesn't want to see us stay there. I've had people and men in my life that have, that have told me some things that weren't easy, but it was for the benefit for me to become who God's called me to be. I want to embrace those things. Philippians 2, 6 through 11 says, He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought of to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name. In the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. Through submission, is trust and freedom comes power through order. What I feel like the Lord has shown me. So I wanted to end up with this. It's through, through submitting, there's freedom in it. When our flesh and the enemy wants to tell us that it's, it's bondage. Well, they're trying to hold me back. They're trying to do this. They're trying to do that. When the Lord says it takes this to walk in the freedom I've called you to walk into. So I choose today to submit to the authorities in my life. And I choose to submit myself to my family here, every one of you guys. Do we all, will we all make this declaration? Will we all do this together? That we're willing to lay ourselves down for our brother. They're willing to lay our pride away. We're willing to lay our thoughts away. Are we willing to walk in the order God has established so that the body can be a healthy family that he's called us to be? So if y'all want to stand with me, I just want to pray and I just thank y'all for hearing me this morning. And, and 
Father God, we just thank you. I'm going to praise you for who you are, Lord Jesus, and I thank you. And I thank you that, Father God, that you're revealing to us who you want us to be and how you see us. And that, Father God, we won't find ourselves isolated. We won't find ourselves letting the enemy come in our mind and destroy us. But we'll find ourselves lining our minds to who you say we are. That you're renewing us. You're making us new creations in Christ Jesus. Our past doesn't define us. Nothing defines us but you, Jesus. And that, Father God, we love you and we honor you. Father, grow our love for each other to be so deep that when someone's hurting or somebody's going through something, that we're moved so deeply as it moves your heart, Lord Jesus. Father God, I ask this this week that if somebody's going through something, that someone else will have them on their mind and they'll be willing to take their break, get on their face and weep for their brother. Father, I ask that you give us a heart to, to intercede and to come to your throne room and that it moves us as it moves you. Father, give us a renewal of the mind to know what it means to walk in obedience and submission with what you're doing. That we're not always looking over the fence. We're not always looking for the next big thing. But we're okay with the family you've placed us in. We're okay with the order you've placed us under. And Father God, we just thank you that we will start making those disciples in our lives. That we'll reproduce the obedience and submission. We'll reproduce that not only in our own families, but in the disciples that we're making, that we're around. That our life ripples the fruits of the Spirit. And that, Father God, we come to a place where we don't have to start telling ourselves to not respond like the world, but we'll start being with you so much and we'll know you so much that our response is your response. And that people truly say, this is a different person. Who is this? He looks like Jesus of Nazareth. Lord, I thank you. For what you're doing. I thank you for this people. I thank you for the leadership. For the body you've established here. I thank you for your protection. And we thank you for tonight. For the worship night tonight. Father we thank you. That as we come in unity. And we come together. We thank you for what you're doing. In this community in Harrison, Arkansas. That Father God. You're going to start bringing every pastor. And every church together. And that we'll be one family under one voice and then it won't just happen in Harrison but it's going to start have a ripple effect throughout this state and throughout this nation that father God there's going to be a rumbling start to happen and it's going to erupt in the name of Jesus because it's all about you 
And Father God, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name.